hopefully you're gonna you're doing everything again. And he said that you know that that his heart would stop and he would and he would fight it. And finally he came to a point where he said when when the when his heart stopped he said let it go like that. And he just said I'm letting it go. And he relaxed. And guess what? The symptom stopped immediately. His heart started pumping right. Why? Because he let go. What am I saying to today? I'm saying, I'm saying that your faith is going to go higher when you start letting some things go. Uh, can I say it again? Your faith is going to go higher when you start letting some things go. Amen. So here uh, Peter is talking about, you know, you know, casting all your worries, you know, uh, all your cares upon him for he careth for us. And Peter, uh, of course, meant by humbling is allowing God to control this, putting the control in God's situation, amen, in his hands. So let's look at something that Jesus said about casting cares on the Lord. Let's, let's look at Matthew 6, 25 and 34. And this is, you know, this is cares about tomorrow. Anybody ever worry about tomorrow? You know, you're not too sure where you're going to be at tomorrow. You're not too sure <laughs> if you're going to be out in the street tomorrow. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because you're either worried about the past or you're worried about the future. Is there anybody in here like that? You know, am I going to make it? You know, if I'm going to, you know. And so, so, so Jesus says some things here. He says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry. Do not worry about your life what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add a cubic to his statue? In other words, it's not going to make you any taller. Because if, if that was the case, I'd be pretty tall. But anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anybody else? Is there anybody else who would be a little taller in here? <laughs> so it won't add a cubic to your stature. So, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothed the grass in the field, which today, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? How many people want great faith in here? Stop worrying. If you stop worrying, that will put you in a greater faith place. Oh, you a little faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry. There he, he says that three times in the text. Do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. Why? Because God has your back. God has, he, he, he's looking after you. He's going to help you when you mess up. Every one of us is going to mess up in here sometime. I, I, I'm not, I don't want to prophesy this to you. But we're all going to make a mistake every once in a while. Amen? 
Not one of us are, are, are exempt from making mistakes. How many perfectionists we have in here? Amen. We're, we're, we're perfectionists. We want everything perfect. But it's not going to get perfect until you get to heaven. Amen. It's not going to always be perfect. We want it perfect, but it's not going to always be that way. That's why we have to have somebody say grace. So he says here, he finished reading, he said, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, sufficient for the day of its own trouble. So what, what he was saying here, what Jesus was saying is, he was saying that, that, that he gives you faith for today. And your faith is not designed to live tomorrow. Your faith is, is, is designed to live today. Are you hear what I'm saying today? Don't say, I hope I have enough faith to operate in God greater next week. No, don't, don't, no, no, no. God gives you faith every day. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? And he's going to give you, that's why Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, when that comes, then faith will come. So just operate in the faith that God's giving you. Amen? So, so he's saying here, and when you study the scripture out, uh, it, it said, therefore, at the very beginning of the scripture, talking about, you know, we don't want to make God, we don't want to make money our God. And so that was, that was part of the context because it's about eating, living somewhere, you know, having clothing, having food, having finances. So I'm going to say this. A lot of us worry about finances. Amen. And but 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 here he says, seek first the, in, in Matthew 6, 33, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So so, yes, the enemy, one of the greatest things the enemy will try to do is get us in fear. Hallelujah. It must be the anointing. Hallelujah. The anointing is causing a lot of. Amen. Get us in fear if our mic's not going to work. No, get us, get us in fear of finances. But, he, but here he says in Matthew 6, he says, first, seek first the kingdom. In other words, put God first. Put, put God first in your finances. And when you put God first in your finances through tithing and giving offerings... That should cut off the fear of not having enough. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Because now your faith is not in your finances. Your faith is in God. And so your faith has to be in God and not just the money. Because your money, you could have a small fortune in the bank and it could be wiped out quick. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You can't put your faith in finances. Don't put your faith in that. You know, you know, riches, you know, are very deceptive. The world thinks that they got money, they have, they have a fortress, and nothing can pull that fortress down. But you know what? You can't carry it. You can't take it with you. And it can't buy you into heaven. And so we need to cut off, you know, that fear by what? Giving. Giving cuts off that fear. That means you're activating your faith in an area of your life. And when you give, it cuts off the fear of not having enough. Amen. So, so, so seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
And all these things will be added to you. Amen. Put God first in your money. You know, give him that first 10% and see what God can do. Amen. And what, what happens is when we're not doing that, our fears are operating because we have to believe that we have to do it ourselves. And then the enemy starts attacking us and we get in this cycle of not seeming to have enough and, and we never break out that cycle. But God can break you out of that cycle. You don't have to be in a cycle of debt. You can be in a cycle of prosperity. Amen. He provides seed to the sower. Seed to the sower. The Bible says he provides seed to the sower. He provides seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So for sowing, he will provide seed. Amen. Number two, we have a, a worry about our health. How many people are worried that they're going to die early? That they're not going to make it too long or that, you know, that, that they're on the, you know, that, that, that you have a fear that, that you're going to catch something, a disease. You have the fear of the big C. You don't ever want to hear that big C word. I just say use, change that big C to a bigger C, Christ. The big C, Christ, is bigger than that small C, whatever C you want to talk about. You can fill in the blank. I'm not even going to say the word. I won't even say that. I won't even benefit that word because, you know, Christ is bigger than that smaller C that everybody's afraid of. Everybody's afraid of that small C word. Do you know, do, do, are you comprehending this morning? Amen. So, so we want to put God first in our health. No, we, we, we don't just want to seek the natural for our healing. We want to seek the supernatural. Prayer, God's promises spoken in faith will get the job done. You know, there was a king in the Old Testament. His name was King Asa. And uh, King Asa was the third king in the southern kingdom of Judah. And, uh, and the first two kings, they did bad in the sight of God. There were some really rotten kings in the Old Testament. But King Asa, he was a reformist. He reformed the nation. He took down all the shrines. God blessed him mightily. So he started off just doing all the right things. King Asa did all the right things. But what happened was he started, you know, when you start doing all the right things with God and God starts prospering you, sometimes we start putting our faith in our prosperity instead of God. And we still can be giving to God and we still can be sowing to God. But sometimes we, and he had faith in, in what he had. And so he, what he did was he made an alliance with, 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 with another king that wasn't really, he wasn't supposed to do that for some protection of his, of his land. And, uh, and that was the wrong thing to do. He should have called on God. The prophet came to him and said, you did the wrong thing. You should have called on God like you did in the very beginning. So we can even, if we start off right, we can do some things wrong at the end. Amen. And so, and so, and then the Bible talks about King Asa. He, 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 he kind of, he, he, he used his own, savvy and, and his own smarts to try to bring peace to the kingdom. And the prophet said, now you won't have any peace because you didn't go to God. Somebody say, call upon the Lord. Amen. We need to call upon God. We need to always, God's looking for us to call upon him. Call upon the Lord. Amen. Call upon. That's why we're praying. Hopefully you're praying to call upon him. You're, 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 you're praying to fellowship with him. 
Call upon the Lord. And then Asa didn't learn his lesson from the prophet. He got mad at the prophet, by the way, and threw the prophet in prison. He got mad. Sometimes when you're doing some wrong things and somebody's trying to bring some correction, you may just get mad because you don't want correction. Anybody ever been there? And so Asa, King Asa, got mad. Matter of fact, he did, you know, at the end of the chapter, you know, in Chronicles, at the end of the chapter, it actually, he didn't even name him king. He just said Asa. Amen. It says in 2 Chronicles 16, 12, and the, it says in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet and his malady was severe. Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. And then it says, so Asa rested with his fathers. He died in the 41st year of his reign. So he dealt with that foot problem for two solid years. Now, I'm not against doctors and thank God for them, but, you know, there's a higher doctor, amen, called the great physician, and that's Jesus. And, you know, I'm not against doctors, but, but thank God we have a higher doctor that can heal us and deliver us. And says, In other words, sometimes you might need to fast and pray. My, my mom fasted and prayed one time. She was going to go through an operation, and God healed her. I'd rather pray and fast and go without some food for a few hours to get my healing than go under a knife. Somebody say, call upon the Lord. Amen. And so, and so we see that. And then we need to put God first in our relationships because this is the key. If, if the enemy, if he can't get us looking at our past or get us fearful in our future, then he, what he will try to do is get strife in our relationships. And if you have any strife in your relationships, you're not going to have any peace. Can I say that again? If, you're, if you have strife in any of your relationships, the, the enemy's trying to destroy the peace in our lives. Amen? As, thank God. I, I don't think the devil liked that point. But it, so anyway, we obey God's word. We have to get the strife out. In Romans 12, 18, it says, if it's possible, Romans 12, verse 18, it says, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If it is possible. In other words, we need to try to make, we need to try to walk in his peace as much as we can. How do we love, how do we live in peace? You may ask, in Romans 12, in 9 through 21, is a good script, these are good scriptures on how to maintain peace. It says, let love be without hypocrisy. This is Romans 12, 9 through 21. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. See, we need to be kindly affectionate with one another with brotherly love. In honoring, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continue steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. So he's saying here, to keep the peace, we need to bless those who persecute us. Somebody say, keep the peace. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the, with, with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil, 
uh, have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Amen. And I like this. It says here, if it is possible, it depends on you, live peacefully with all men, going back with that verse. Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to the wrath. For as written, vengeance is mine, I will repay back, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire in his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, this is a mouthful, and I know I read a lot here in this, but we need to start walking in love. We need to start praying for, for those that are coming against us. I, I don't even want to call them our enemies because people aren't your enemy. We need to pray for those that, that seem to be doing the wrong things. We need to do good. Pray. pray do a, give them a blessing. Walk in love. Why? Because you need to maintain peace in your relationships. You need to maintain peace in your relationship with God the Father. By what? By being in obedience to him, walking in his word, obeying his word. We need to stay in peace with, with other people by staying out of strife. Amen. We don't want to have any strife in our life. Where there's strife, there's every evil work. We want, we want to be, we want to be uh, peacemakers. We want to be people that bring peace into a situation. Some of you are thinking about some strife you have right now you need to take care of. I see it in you. You're like, oh, God. Pastor's preaching to me this morning, man. Take care. Talk to him. Do everything you can to walk in peace. Listen, maybe it's not your fault. Ask forgiveness. Ask forgiveness anyway. Do everything in your power to walk in love. Even if you did mess up, do everything in your power to walk in love and, and, and ask the person for forgiveness and pray for that person and continue to walk in love even after the incident or whatever you may have done or whatever they may have done. And I'm telling you, let God work the rest of it out. Amen. Listen, somebody may stay mad at you, but you can't help what they think. But you can help how you think. They can be mean at you. They can be mad at you because you may have done something wrong. You may have stepped on their toes a little bit. You may have said something not right. But if you if you if you understand that there's a problem and you try to bring some uh, you know reconciliation and you've done everything on your side, then then you're off the hook. Then there's no judgment coming on your on you. Now let God deal with them. They might need some grace and some space. Amen. So they can so they can walk in in the peace of God. Amen. You we somebody say be a peacemaker. Glory to God. So we that's what we need to do. We need to understand that the enemy will constantly work against us. You know, one of my favorite Psalms here is in, in Psalms 37, 1 11. And it says here in Psalms 37, verses 1 through 11, it says, Do not fret because of evildoers. In other words, Sometimes we get upset because the wrong people seem to be getting blessed. In other words, we may be working and these people aren't believers and they're not, you know, they're, they're ungodly and they do all the, you know, they seem to be sowing all the wrong things, but they seem to be blessed. And we get mad at that. And it says here, do not, do not get upset because of that. Listen, people that don't know God, people that don't know God, this is all they got. This is it. They're, if they are in a beautiful house, that's it. If they don't know God, that's all they got is this world. That's all they got. But we got more than this world. We have heaven. Just because they got a little bit of this world 
Amen. It's, it's short-lived unless they get Jesus in their life. So they may have a little bit of comfort right now. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? But, but, but they're going to have a lifetime of misery in the here and now and the hereafter. So, so, so don't get upset because people that don't know God seem to be better off than you. They're not. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And it says, do not be, be envious of the workers of iniquity. He's saying that we could be envious of people that are, you know, they're doing the wrong things. Don't get upset because that guy has a wife and two girlfriends. We're, pro that's, we're probably jealous because we don't have that going on. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Don't get upset. You know, he's going to reap what he sows, you know, in the end. Unless he repents and get, get his life right. Amen. So he says here, do not be envious of workers of iniquity. Why would the psalmist write that? Why would he write that? Because we do. <laughs> we get envious of other people. And they shall soon be cut down. Like the, we, we watch the TV show, The Rich and the Shameless. I mean, The Rich and the Famous. And we see all the stuff that they have. And, we're, and we start coveting what they have. Amen. I've been there. But anyway, <laughs> can I preach to myself today? But anyway. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth your righteousness as light and your justice as the noonday. Now notice it says here, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And you may be saying, I've been waiting patiently, Pastor. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting for my breakthrough. Amen. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. If that's your attitude, then your attitude's not right. Listen, if you have an, when you're believing God and you're waiting on the promise, you need to have an attitude of peace. You need to know that God's going to work it out. And you can't be frustrated that, it, that things haven't changed. Oh, you hear what I'm saying, dude? You've got, you got to maintain a good attitude in the process. I like to say this. You've got to maintain a good attitude in the waiting room. Anybody ever have a doctor's appointment in here? And they schedule it at a quarter till, and then and, and they don't see you for another 30, 40 minutes? And like, what's taking so long, you know? That's, it was scheduled to be here, and, of course, they always want you to fill out those forms, and then it's taking even extra long. You know you're supposed to be there at 11 o'clock. Anybody been in the waiting room? Anybody work at a hospital? You know, everything doesn't go perfect in a hospital. There's lots of issues at hospitals. You got people that you're dealing with in hospitals. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so we need to rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And, and it says your justice, uh, it says uh, wait patiently for him. It says commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him. And he will give you the desire to heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust, okay. And he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as light and your justice as new day. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of him who do not, uh, for the man who brings wicked schemes to pass, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. So fretting is another word for, for worrying. Amen. And then he finally says the evildoers will eventually be cut off. Amen. But it says here at the very, at this last scripture that I have, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in abundance of peace. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? The meek shall inherit the earth 
The meek, the humble will inherit the earth and they shall walk in abundance of peace. Glory to God. So we see here that God is for you today. I'm going to say this, that God's for you today and he's with you today and he will never leave you or forsake you. And, you know, there's a scripture that says God will work all things out for good to those who love him and called according to his purpose. Somebody say God's working it out for my good. We got to get that scripture that God is working it out for good to those who love him. No matter what is going on in our life, God can turn anything that's a negative into a Do you believe that? If the enemy steals from you, then he's going to have to repay back. There's a blessing that's going to come back to you. Sevenfold, the Bible says. If the devil steals from you and you have the right heart attitude, then the devil's going to have to repay back sevenfold. He's going to have to give back to you. So whatever you, whenever the enemy tries to rip you off, I'm telling you, it's going to be a turnaround. God's going to turn around that thing. God's going to turn around that negative. God's going to turn it around. He's going to turn your situation around. As long as you act in the right way, you start praising God. You know, that's how you keep your joy. Rejoice when you encounter trials and tribulations and wrong things happening to you. Rejoice. Rejoice. That's the only way we need to respond. When the enemy's coming against us in our finances, when the enemy's coming against us in our health, when the enemy's coming against us in our relationships, we we need to start rejoicing. We need to start praising God. Why? Because, because you're, you're closer than you think to your breakthrough. The enemy's trying to put a little bit, make it a little, put that fire a little higher, make it a little hotter in the kitchen. He's trying to get you out of the kitchen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? But as long as you respond the right way, and you give it to God, and you let go, and you let God, whoo, glory to God, it will turn around. Amen. Did you know it turned around for Job? Amen. You know he, he had a turnaround miracle? Yes. He received double. Amen. He received double, and it never happened to him again. It was never recorded in the scriptures. He went through his mess, but now he had a message because he never cursed God. He never cursed God. You know, his wife said, curse God and die. He said, no, I would never do that. No, he's glory to God. He said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. He, made, he didn't understand everything when he said that phrase. That is, not, that is a statement that he made, and that's a, but it's not a statement of truth. The Lord giveth and the devil takes it away. That's a more accurate, it was the devil that took his health. It was the devil that took his children. It was the devil that came against him. The Lord giveth, but the devil is the one that's trying to steal, kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I came that you may have what? Life and have what? More abundantly. I'm looking at mighty conquerors in this place today. You're not going to let fear control you. You're not going to let worry control you. You're not going to let these things control you. Glory to God. You've got to kick them out of, your, out of your equation. Kick worry out. Kick fear out. Kick anxiety out. They're not going to rule you. They're not going to rule you. You're, you're faith people. Start speaking to the darkness and command light to come in the dark areas of your life. How do you do that? By speaking the word of God. The word is a light unto your path. Glory to God. And a lamp unto your feet. 
as you start speaking the word of God, I'm telling you, you command fear to leave, you command anxiety to leave, you command worry to leave, and it will pack up and go. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at Virginia Beach SDA Church located at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 10.30 a.m. Nursery and Children's Church provided. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and the Congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at www.exceedlifechurch.org.